Star Wars 7x7 episode 773. Well, Darth Vader supposedly has a very, very important role in Rogue One. If it's not a large one, it's certainly an important one, according to Kathleen Kennedy and others associated with the film. And I have a feeling I know what a large part of it is, and I'm going to share my reasoning and the evidence I have to support it on today's episode. Punch it, Chewie. This is Bobby Roberts, formerly of full of sith and you are listening to star wars 7 by 7 the only daily star wars podcast hey rebel rouser welcome to star wars 7 by 7 i'm your host alan voivod and let's not beat around the bush shall we let's get right down to it here is the theory Darth Vader's primary role in Rogue One is the acquisition and installation of kyber crystals on the new Death Star. That's my theory, at least, and I've got a lot of stuff to share with you about why I think that's the case. First of all, let's talk about the Death Star Super Laser. Here's what the databank on StarWars.com says. Each of the Empire's Death Stars was built around a terrifying weapon, a super laser array capable of destroying a planet. According to legend, the ancient Sith used massive kyber crystals to create super weapons. During the Clone Wars, the Geonosians revived the super laser design. Now, with this entry, they include a picture of the Death Star firing on Alderaan from Star Wars, a.k.a. A New Hope. And you can see eight different lasers being emitted and joining together to form the one super laser that totally obliterated Alderaan. And as some additional evidence, Wikipedia, which is citing Star Wars absolutely everything you need to know, says the most prominent weapon emplacement on the Death Star was its super laser, a weapon powered by a hypermatter reactor and focused through giant kyber crystals, plural, with sufficient firepower to destroy an entire planet. Now, kyber crystals, of course, are used in the Star Wars galaxy on a much smaller scale as well, inside lightsabers. And... On the StarWars.com website in their databank, here's what they say about kyber crystals or lightsaber crystals. They say this crystal is attuned to the Force and connected to a Jedi Knight on a deeply personal level. And to install a kyber crystal inside a lightsaber and do so in such a way as to make it work would seem to require a Force user with a significant level of ability. We know this in the new canon world because of stuff like Heir to the Jedi, which is the book by Kevin Hearn that came out in the spring of 2015. In that book, Luke Skywalker gets a hold of a second lightsaber, and because he was always afraid to disassemble the first one and see what was inside for fear that he might break it and not be able to put it back together, he is able now to look at what's inside a lightsaber by disassembling the second one. And here is what he says. Aligning the crystals by hand would be impossible. I sensed that it had to be done with the Force, and only through the Force would I know whether it was aligned properly or not. He continues noting that in this lightsaber he's looking at, there are wafer-thin slices of crystal too, a beautiful clear amethyst, and might scratch or cloud with handling. Moving them precisely with the Force would ensure that they remained pristine. So if you need to use the Force to place a kyber crystal properly inside a lightsaber to make it work and make sure it doesn't get any smudges on it or fingerprints or anything like that, then isn't it safe to jump to the conclusion that you would have to do the same thing writ large for a Death Star? And there are only two people who would be doing that for the Death Star, and that's the Emperor and Darth Vader. And by the way, don't forget about Return of the Jedi and the fact that the second Death Star was not operational until after 
Darth Vader and the Emperor got on board that thing. And by the time the Rebel Alliance arrived to take out the Death Star, it was fully armed and operational. We don't necessarily know what they did to get that to be the case, but we know it wasn't anything to do with the superstructure or the plumbing or anything like that because it was a half-completed battle station, but it could sure fire out some deadly super lasers. Now, if you remember earlier this year, we talked about one of the Star Wars Rebels episodes where they intercepted and destroyed a shipment of kyber crystals. And, of course, they didn't necessarily say what that was for, but it was strongly implied that that would have been for the creation of the Death Star. And in the Rogue One costumes and props exhibit that was at Star Wars Celebration Europe, the thing for director Orson Krennic says that he is a cruel but brilliant man, staked his reputation on the delivery of the functional battle station to the Emperor. Um, he's obsessed with the completion of the long-delayed Death Star project. We also know through discussion and interviews with the filmmakers of Rogue One that director Krennic is an ambitious man looking to rise through the ranks of the Empire and to gain favored status with Emperor Palpatine, even if that means displacing Lord Vader. We also know from the comic books that have been coming out in New Canon that Emperor Palpatine is perfectly willing to embarrass Vader, put him down, put him in his place. Palpatine will even drop Vader at a moment's notice if it turns out that Vader is not the strongest apprentice that Palpatine could possibly have. So, yeah, not exactly a good relationship between the two of them. And so you can see where it's possible that Krennic could curry favor with Palpatine and do so at the expense of Vader, and Palpatine would actually just find that amusing. And that at least sets the groundwork, but let's talk about more specifics about Rogue One. We know from Mon Mothma that a major weapons test is imminent. And in the trailer, we actually see the concave dish where the super laser emits from being installed. And Vader would not be able to tune the kyber crystals, whether it's himself or with the Emperor. They wouldn't be able to tune the kyber crystals properly until that dish was installed because they wouldn't necessarily know what they would be tuning it for. Like they've got to fire it through a certain length of chamber and they wouldn't be able to know for sure and then test it until after that thing was in place. Now, let's add Jetta into the mix here. And here's the databank entry from StarWars.com. It's a small desert moon frosted by a permanent winter. It's home to one of the first civilizations to explore the nature of the Force. At one time a world important to the Jedi Order, Jetta serves as a holy site for pilgrims from across the galaxy who seek spiritual guidance. Now, the Empire occupies Jetta, and a prolonged battle between Imperial forces and scattered rebels carries on in the time-worn streets. And crucially... Back in July, in fact, right around the time of Star Wars Celebration, CNN posted a story that included an interview with Donnie Yen where he says, Jeddah is a very important planet because that's where they found the elements to build the lightsaber. So that means, of course, that there are kyber crystals on Jeddah, which would explain why the Empire is so active there and would explain why Darth Vader may actually show up on Jeddah to acquire the massive kyber crystals that are needed to power the Death Star super laser. So let's extend it potentially even further and suggest that that Star Destroyer you see hovering over that mountain city on Jeddah is that Darth Vader's Star Destroyer, the Devastator, the one that he was on and riding around the galaxy in in the original Star Wars well before he had a Super Star Destroyer to play with? And let's go even one further before we get back to the more concrete stuff. So Gareth Edwards at Star Wars Celebration Europe told a story about being in the recording studio with James Earl Jones doing Darth Vader's dialogue for Rogue One. 
And Gareth wouldn't share, couldn't share any of the dialogue that James Earl Jones was recording, but did want to share one geeky moment where Vader uttered one particular word, James Earl Jones uttered one particular word, and it just made Gareth Edwards and the people that he was with just absolutely giddy and just completely nerded out. And that one word is power. And why would Vader be talking about power I wonder. It's got to be Force-related, you would think, but since there are no Jedi around, then why is he talking about it? I think that it's possible he's talking about it in reference to the kyber crystals that are supposed to power the Death Star super laser. But getting back to the thread here, we do know that a major weapons test is imminent. We do know that the Death Star is still being built and the final pieces are being installed. We do know that Jeddah is a home for Kyber crystals, and we do know the Empire has a strong presence there and therefore is likely mining those crystals. We also know that the Death Star comes to Jeddah, at least it certainly looks like that in the new Rogue One trailer, and director Orson Krennic seems to be on board as well. If you look at the viewport and all of the officers assembled around it and the planet below, that certainly looks like Jeddah to us. And then there's that one cataclysmic shot in the new trailer that has a U-wing in the midst of an incredible maelstrom, and it looks like the colors of all of the dirt, rocks, whatever it is that's flying around and about ready to engulf the U-wing are Jeddah-colored, if you will. Add to that Baze Malbus, that would be Zhang Wen's character, saying, "'You destroyed our home, and I fight the Empire now.'" as part of the dialogue that appears in the new trailer. So it seems that the mission that Mon Mothma is sending Jyn Erso on will lead her and Cassian, by extension, to connecting with Saw Gerrera and the rebel faction on Jeddah, that they will discover what Darth Vader and the Empire are up to with the kyber crystals and the testing of the Death Star super laser, and that they will rescue Saw Gerrera and Chirrut Imwe and Baze Malbus and Bodhi Rook probably as well, and possibly others, and get them out of there before the Death Star is able to blow Jeddah into bits. Now, why would the Empire blow up Jeddah and a source of kyber crystals then? Well, let's refer back to the description of Jeddah from the StarWars.com databank, saying it serves as a holy site for pilgrims from across the galaxy who seek spiritual guidance. And we know from stuff related to The Force Awakens, actually, and particularly descriptions about Lorsan Tekka and the Church of the Force, that the Empire did its best to quash down any outward observances of spirituality of any kind, and all sorts of churches, including ones that were Force-centric, were driven underground ground in the Galactic Empire. So it stands to reason that the Empire would be really keen on destroying something as significant as this in terms of a spiritual connection to the Jedi Order. And I'm going to stop here for a moment. We're going to take a little break and come back and wrap this up in a nice, neat little bow and tell you about the genesis of this idea and how it has developed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. All right, we're back, and thanks for sticking with us. 
So there's nothing quite like a long bit of travel to help you sort out ideas that are kicking around in your brain. And it wasn't until we got back on the flight home from Ireland and England and Star Wars Celebration Europe and Skellig Michael and all the wonderful things that we were able to do as a family there that I started piecing together this idea about what Darth Vader might be up to because there was all this talk about his role being significant but not very large and about how the Death Star is a long-delayed project. And in the original trailer that we saw, it did show the dish being installed in that one as well, not just in this new trailer. We'd seen that before. And then the news alert that I got for the CNN story about Star Wars Celebration Europe and the Rogue One panel where Donnie Yen talked about Jeddah being the source of the material for the lightsabers. And yeah, things started bouncing around in my head from that point on. And when I got home, I started digging in on the research and started learning more about kyber crystals and about the Death Stars and was referred in my searches to that passage from Heir to the Jedi, which then, of course, jogged in my memory because that was also something that pertained to the Force Awakens because it was a uh, crossguard lightsaber and also dug into the Star Wars Rebels episode because of the blowing up of the ship and the kyber crystals there. And everything just started falling into place. Then to top it all off, we got the new Rogue One trailer on Thursday the 11th and the Death Star arriving over Jeddah in it and that incredible scene of destruction and Jeddah-colored material flying through the air that the Ewing is having to maneuver through in order to escape. Not to mention the fact that the Darth Vader shots that we've seen, there's the one in this new trailer where he is in some sort of Death Star control room and looking at some sort of panel display, and even the footage that was shared secretly with the people inside the Star Wars Celebration Europe Rogue One panel, Darth Vader appearing there also on board what looks like the Death Star, because there is some other reflected Death Star control panel display that we get to see there too. So yeah, it's all ended up fitting in nicely into one concrete theory for me, which is that one of the major roles of Darth Vader in Rogue One is the acquisition and installation of the kyber crystals in order to create the first test of the Death Star super laser weapon. So... Thank you very much for entertaining this theory, and I'd love to know if you have evidence to support it or evidence to debunk it. Please do share either way at the comments at the blog post for this show's episode at sw7x7.com. And that's going to do it for us today. Stay with us all week as we continue to analyze the Rogue One trailer and discover what's new that we learn about the different characters of Rogue One and add that to the things that we already know about them so far. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you become a spy for the Jedi Council, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans of the podcast, become a patron of the show at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a night at the space opera, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.